Hello and welcome back to Dial H for Heroclix. This is your Sexy Ranch Hand co-host, Calderness. This is the first episode of Dial C for conventions. Howdy, howdy, let's get rowdy. <laughs> Dial H for Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Heroclix singles and sealed products. Make sure to check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Joining me in the studio today is my good co-host, Simeon. That's me. And also, we are joined by special guest, Mason Johnson. Hello, everyone. So today, we're going to be talking about Nebraska Con, a convention me and Simeon just went to last weekend. Mason was running the board game room there, so we're going to go ahead and ask him a few questions. We're going to get to know him first, and then we're going to go ahead and just dive right into it. So, Mason, where do you work, and what do you do? Um, my Yeah, I work at Legend of Wolf Games. Um, we're a board game and card game store here in Omaha. Um, we are located at the Oakview Mall here, uh, and we... Uh, I'm the store manager out there. Uh, and I did want to make a correction. I was only running demos in the board game room. Uh, the Anime Nebraska on people were the ones actually running the room. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. I know I saw a big um, card game like banner on the wall, and I know I saw a ton of people playing card games while I was there, so I just wanted to make sure. All right, right on. Yep. Simi, you want to go take the next one? Yeah, uh, so you said you were demoing. What uh, was your favorite game? that you demoed this weekend or that weekend um so my favorite game that we demo um on a normal basis is universal fighting system um it's our or ufs for short um it's kind of like every fighting game the card game so it has like street fighter mortal Kombat, soul caliber um they recently are doing a uh new piece where they're changing their name to universes and then they're incorporating other action um genres so like there's some like new anime like Yu Hakusho and Cowboy Bebop that are getting added to the game um so they're kind of uh branching out from just fighting games um but the game's super skill intensive and definitely makes you think through the entire game um which is the reason it's my favorite that is awesome i, I love it when they can cross over with as many different properties in any game so I think that's absolutely fantastic. So what all did you bring for demos there? I know it was mostly trading card games. Uh, so we did only trading card game demos. Um, normally, we usually have a board game or two that comes with us, uh, but we didn't have quite enough volunteers um, come out with us, so we just did card games. Um, we had, besides Universal Fighting System, we had the Final Fantasy trading card game, um, which has become pretty big here in the last like two years. Um, we had the Dragon Ball Super card game, um, which has been around for about three years now, um, and it's definitely taken off uh, in a couple places around the United States. Um, and then we had uh, the Transformers card game, which is made by Wizards of the Coast. Um, it's their new project, kind of. It's been out for about nine months now, I believe, um, somewhere around there. Uh, they just had their fourth set release um, this month, and uh that card game is like is like brand new so a lot it's of people like really taken off though right because i've seen it a lot yeah. like all over the place oh 
Yeah, um, well, because it's made by Wizards of the Coast and stuff like that, a lot of Magic players see that, and they're like, oh, hey, a new card game that's made by our favorite company, so, like, they kind of, like, hop on board that really easily, and the game is very simple to learn how to play, so it's, um, like, it's our, like, while a lot of people are like, Pokemon's the game for uh, kids to, like, learn how to play card games with, um, Transformers is actually much easier to teach the kids than Pokemon is. So that's actually been our uh, like game of choice for like families and stuff like that. Awesome. I know so, that they've each series they've like added a new kind of like mechanic for oh, Transformers. Yep. Did, mm-hmm. What was the? I haven't seen what the fourth series is. Did they add a new one for the fourth series? Um, I have not had a chance to play with any of the new cards yet because they are just releasing this weekend. Um, oh, okay. so I'm actually not sure what the new mechanic that they're doing is. Um, but I know in the third set that they released, they had, they had a trap card mechanic, essentially, that wasn't in the game before, but you got a, you can play one action card every turn, and normally your actions were just very upfront, like, draw two cards or, like, do something, um, but they had a new one where you put your action card face down, and then they have a triggered effect when something happens, so they added a little bit more, um, like, playing and, uh, a little more diversity to the way your turn can play out with that set. So, nice. yeah. Yeah, I really like that game. But sadly, I need it to die so that we can get Transformers and Heroclix. <laughs> because we'll never get the property rights. <laughs> no, I actually do think it's a really cool game. I've got some of the cards, uh, just nothing good right now. So I haven't built a decent deck yet. Oh yeah, my, my all of my decks are commons and uncommons because I'm constantly teaching new players how to play, so I never actually build competitive decks for that game. Oh nice. Yeah. A little popper action going on there. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, kind of for setup for conventions, besides what you bring, but how many conventions have you, has Legendary Wolf Games been to? Um, Legendary Wolf Games has been to quite a few. Um, let me think here for a second. Uh, we... So we weren't at Gen Con, but we went down and helped um, Jasco Games demo the new My Hero Academia card game at Gen Con. So um, that was pretty big. Um, we have been... Was that in 2018? Nope, this year. At this, this year? year's oh, Gen wow. Con. Yep. So that wasn't um, too long ago. Nope, that was like two months ago now, I think. I believe something like that. That's kind of crazy cool, because I was actually at Gen Con, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, there was, there were, we were, yeah, we were doing the new My Hero Academia card game there, and that was really big, like, it was, like, three days straight of demoing the same card game over and over again. Wow. Um, and then they had, like, I, I'm trying to remember the numbers, they had a lot of people come out and demo at it, I think, like, they gave away, like, a couple thousand demo decks over the course of the weekend. That's awesome. Yeah, so, it was pretty crazy, um... We recently were at NukeCon, which is another board game convention here in, in Omaha. Um, we had a booth there. Um, and that one we actually did... Excuse me. Um, we actually did get to sell stuff at. Um, so that was a little bit different than what we were doing at this last convention. Um, but Because at Nebraska, we were just doing demos. We didn't have a booth for like sales or anything mm. like that uh, this year. Okay. Yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking that there was one other convention that happened that we went to before I started working there. I've only been working for Legend of Wolf Games for about seven, well, I think I'm going on seven months now. So I think there was one at like the beginning of this year that they went to, but I was not a part of that. 
How did you get... Uh, obviously, you were a fan of uh, games before you got a job there, at yes. least I hope. Um, what was the process of like going from being like a fan to like doing it as like something that you know brings in income? Yeah, um, so actually it kind of just like fell into my lap. Um, I was playing card games with Miles Tyler, who's the owner of the store, for like like five years before this happened. But I had a lot of retail experience, um, and he fell into a position where his business was doing well enough that he needed another manager to be able to do things. So he one day he reached out to me and was like, hey, would you be interested in doing this? Um, and then, and it was a much better gig than what I had going on at the time. And I was like, this sounds like a great opportunity. And I really wanted to help out with the store anyways. So it was super cool and just an awesome opportunity that I readily took. So yeah, um, it kind of just fell into my lap and I had the right connections at the time. So that is nice. awesome. Like, yeah, I, I can say for probably a lot of people, it's kind of like a dream to like work at like a game shop or a comic shop. It would just be really cool to be surrounded by all the stuff that you think is like just a hobby, but it's also like this is actually my job. Like that's just really oh, cool. yeah, it's it's pretty crazy because like I've been going to gaming stores since as lo- for as long as I can remember. Really, like elementary school age, I would go to like the old the Dragon's Lair like here in town and stuff like Ooh, that and yeah. play like card games and stuff. So. Like, the one that burned down, or the the one that they moved from recently? Uh, I know that the one that burned down, I had been to a couple times before that happened. Um, yeah, and then, that one has the the best comics. I would always yeah. go there for like their old bins. Yep, we used to go after after that one burned down. We went to the, the Ground Zero down on L like fifty fifth and L Street or something like that. Oh, right there. by Lansky's. Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, I love Lansky's. It's like my one of my favorite restaurants in town, actually. Uh, but that's a little off topic, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So like like so I've I've played games at all of the gaming stores here in town, like all of them, yeah. Because I I end up doing stuff at the game shop with Magic and Warhammer models and stuff like that. And then I was over at Krypton Comics playing Yu-Gi-Oh for a while before they closed. So like I've been to deli- I've experienced like all the gaming stores here in town, like pretty much my entire life. So having like the opportunity now to be a part of like a new and upcoming gaming store and like really like getting it into the scene is something that like is really awesome that I'm glad I'm a part of. Nice. That is really yeah. cool. As someone who's not from Omaha, some of that went over my head a little bit. Uh, but I think I still think it's awesome. That's really awesome. Lansky's is a pizza pasta oh, place. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring it back up. You. <laughs> <laughs> they no, have a uh, cheese lasagna and it's amazing. <laughs> I only say that because uh, Ground Zero, which they moved to, I think, further down L Street, or over by Ralston, but um, Ground Zero was the closest gaming store to my house. It was only about six blocks away for the longest time, and then they packed up and left, and so it's still a sore spot for me. That's why I bring it up again. (laughs) You know what? No, I'm in... It's not not on topic, but I'm going to... Yeah, Simeon, let me just talk over you here. Give me a second. Uh, But... I used to go to Rapid City a lot when I played games, and there was an Italian. There was also an Italian place. This is gaming related, sort of guys. Trust me, follow with me here. And I would always get. They had pizzones that weren't pizzones, and they were like three times better than pizzones. What is your favorite like snack pre or post or even during like gaming? If that's a, <laughs> a relative Ooh. topic. Um. Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh. I think that might be it. Like like anything that's chocolate. 
That's like the right answer. Reese's peanut butter yeah. cups like my favorite candy of all time. So that is the right answer to that question. Not that there was one, but that was it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead, yeah, Simeon. Any I, other questions? That you I might go have? with the uh, almond Snickers usually if I have almond the option. <sighs> this guy. That was clearly right, the worst, to, to, worst answer to, to that us question. Back on <laughs> almonds, good. Snickers, good. You put them together, it's good. Uh, What's wrong get, with the normal peanuts? On, Anyways, uh, keep going. On track. Um, so we'll go. We'll go back to Nebcon. Uh, if you continue, if you continue like partnering with them, what's kind of the direction that you'd like to see them go as far as like the tabletop side of it goes? Like, would you like to see them like invest more like time and effort into that that side? Um, like more volunteers. You said that like you needed a few more this year. What's kind of like your hopes for that? Um, so the, the biggest thing about that we were caught off guard with, cause this is the first year we've done anything with Nebraska on, um, we were caught off guard cause we didn't realize that we weren't going to be in the actual hotel where the convention was gone. We we're in the hotel across the street from them, which is where their board game room was. So we were a little caught off guard there. Um, but we would like to do, a, be, have like a vendor booth next year um, with them, and then we'd actually be over at the actual convention, and we'd have stuff going on in the board game room. But the the biggest thing um, stopping that for us is that their vendor room feels really unorganized when you walk through it. Like, there's no real flow, so there's constantly people like running into each other and stuff like that. So, like, I hope that they can find a way to fix that. That room isn't very well, like, that room that they always have it in isn't the best setup for that situation, but it's the biggest room that they have access to in the location. So like we're, yeah. we're hoping to figure something out, but we also are like trying about to breathe it. with only one nostril. Uh-huh. Like there are two doors of that room. And if they made it, if they like made it like a hard, like this is the entrance and this is the exit to this room, I think it would make it a little bit better. But, and they, I know that they said they were trying to police that this time, but like, it wasn't working super well. Um, but, yeah, so I'm hoping that they can kind of get that cleaned up a little bit uh, and make it a little bit better that way. Um, but I would I, w- I would love to have a vendor booth there because I think that they get enough traffic and things like that and they meet, like, what we are looking for, like, what the kind of communities we're looking for, um, that it would work out really well. Um as far as the board game side of the room goes, I think all their volunteer, all of their volunteers and people that they had working at, in the board game room did an awesome job. Like they were super accommodating. We when we asked if we could get a couple more tables and stuff like that, and they were really quick about helping us whenever we needed help. Um, the lack of volunteers was on our end as a store. Um, right now, there's we only have three employees. It's myself, my other uh, manager Shane, and then we have a part-time employee named Aaron. Um, Miles, the owner, was there, but he was more so there to be, like, a hype man and, like, go find people and, like, bring them to the room and things like that. So, the, everyone else that was at the table demoing were volunteers from our player bases. Um, one of the big things we ran into was that, uh, there was a My Hero Academia, uh, like, panel happening over at the convention hall, and we were like, oh, we should run over there and, like, let them all know we're doing My Hero Academia card game demos. And then, before we went over there, we realized we only had two people demoing My Hero Academia there at the there, and if we had a hundred people from this panel come over and want to demo, there's no way we could accommodate all of them. So, 
hopefully next time we can kind of figure something out where we have more people or um, we can be more prepared for a situation like that. Because I think that that would have been a huge opportunity that we weren't really able to take advantage of because of the lack of people we had available for that situation. Yeah, I think you guys should just take over the video game section because no one plays video games anymore. Oh, I, I didn't even know they had a video game. Oh, it's in the, uh, the like, yeah, it's, it's in the uh, main hotel. Is the hotel, it? yeah, it's in the hotel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because me I and know, but, had no uh, idea how to work a PS4. As soon as we showed up, <laughs> just, it broke I, on site. <laughs> I've never felt like the oldest man in the room until, like, I literally, Calder had to, like, push buttons on the PS4 for me. Because I honestly have never held a PS4 controller before. <laughs> Which is sad. I like I own a PS3 and I've had it for over ten years now, but no, I I will take uh, like tabletop gaming and card gaming over video games any day. Um, so like I I honestly think maybe one of these years they should just you know flip flop it. Yeah, yeah. I can see that happening honestly. That would be super cool if we were... Because, like, I think one of the big reasons that there's not as much traffic to the board gaming room is because it's over at the other hotel. So, like, if it was in the main convention room, uh, the main convention, like, hotel, that I think it would see a lot more traffic. Uh, I do remember going to Nebraska on, like, six or seven years ago, and the video game room being, like, hugely popular. So I'm surprised to hear that it's not uh, as popular anymore. It's almost well, that's just still, that's just like, by me. Quite a few like people are still in there. It's just Simeon being old and not. Oh, yeah. Video game okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's still popular. It's just me. <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand the Mario's <laughs> and the laser swords and the Tekken's. I don't understand anymore. You were terrible at Tekken. To, to be fair, I was also pretty bad at the Tekken's too. Yes. Yeah, I've passed on to the other side. Yeah. Well, Tekken's one of those fighting games that you have to create your own combos. There aren't any in the game. Like, you have to make your own combos. So if you don't know how to, like, combo moves into each other, then the game doesn't work. So That was that about sums it up, I'd say. Yep. Uh, but all right, fantastic. Uh, do we have any other, like, final questions we might want to ask, Simeon? I'm an open book. Here. Oh, so I did kind of want to get into this. I don't know if you've ever ran uh, tournaments at conventions. I know you just said you were just doing demos, but a lot of stores do do this. And obviously at Gen Con, there are Magic the Gathering tournaments. And I'm just, well, it's about tournaments for every game. What are your feelings on players that really don't care about 90% of the convention, but really want to go to the tournament and don't feel like paying the 50 to $100 to have to just get inside the convention just to go play a tournament for a day and then leave? Like, what are your feelings on... Uh, people kind of feel like it's locked in, right? The exclusivity of this tournament is only for people at this convention, and if they want to play, they they feel it's unfair that they have to pay a hundred something dollars, or maybe it's like fifty bucks to have to get inside to play a tournament. What are your kind of thoughts on uh, keeping tournaments in a convention versus uh, at any pretty much any other venue, or even just running tournaments at conventions overall? So, um. I'm going to have two points on this. First one is going to be that I think convention exclusive tournaments are totally a thing that needs to happen because it brings in people to conventions 
So it builds up that hype and it gets the con- it gets the convention support, which um, like for like local conventions, so not Gen Con, but like local conventions, stuff like that. That's huge because on like smaller conventions, things like that really need as many like people coming in and participating as possible so they can grow. Um, so I think having tournaments like that are convention exclusive where you have to be a part of the convention is totally worth it. Um, my other point about that though is that I think if you're gonna do something like that. You need to make sure that if you're if they're paying for a badge to get into the convention, and then they're also paying to play in your tournament, that you're keeping the cost relatively low. So, um, for example, with the demo deck tournament that we wanted to do on um, Sunday at Nebraska, but we just didn't quite have the there wasn't we should have done it on Saturday evening, um, which is what we realized uh, in hindsight, but. Well, what we wanted to do is it was only going to be five dollars a person. You got to play in a tournament. You got a free deck for just for playing in the tournament, and then you could win other prizes while playing. So, like, it was only a five dollar tournament. So the only thing you had to do, and for the board game room, technically you didn't even—I don't think you actually technically needed um, a convention badge to get into that room. I'm not 100% certain about that, but I'm pretty sure I saw people without badges in that room at points okay. in time throughout the day. Um, but I'm not sure that might be a thing and they just slipped in somehow. Um, but, um, my other point I wanted to make on that is, so for Universal Fighting System, uh, one thing that Jasco Games, the company that does it, they hold their world championships at Level Up Expo in Las Vegas every year. And they, um, they pay for everyone's badges that Mm. comes to the event. So, like, they have some sort of deal worked out with Level Up Expo where every player who comes and plays in their World Championship event gets a badge for free for the entire convention. So, like, that's their way of mitigating that um, that wanting to play but not wanting to pay for a badge. Um, they actually promote their game by giving people badges for coming to the World Championships. So that's a huge... That's, like, the best example I can think of for people, like, working around that. Um, yeah, it kind of helps vendors too, because like if you don't have like the sixty dollar cost for like a three day badge or something, and then like you go in and like so you've got like you're basically up sixty bucks that weekend. Um, you might pick up like you know a new game or like a couple of packs or something like that while you're there, since like you didn't have to pay to get in, you know. Oh yeah, definitely, and like like. Because you're going to Vegas, so, like, it's already an expensive trip just, like, for your plane ticket and your hotels and, like, all the food you're eating for the weekend and stuff like that. So, like, not having to pay for a, a badge and then, like, being able to go to the vendor room there. Because, like, Level of Expo's got, like, a huge vendor room as well. So, like, uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, I know last time I was there, I easily spent, like, $400 in the vendor room on top of everything else that was already going on that weekend. So, like... But they always have a bunch of crazy stuff and things like that. Um, but yeah, no, that, that. But that's the best example I can think of for the problem you were bringing forth. Um, but I think that. So ending thoughts. I think that convention exclusive tournaments are totally like something that needs to be in existence because it grows the conventions. Um, but I think that there is definitely ways that the vendors that are holding these tournaments can mitigate the cost. For players, so that they aren't having to pay an outrageous amount of money just to sit down and play in a card game tournament. Right on. I think that's a great way to end it, unless you have something else, Simeon. Because I thought that was an awesome answer. No, 
I yeah. That's All right. that's <laughs> great to hear. I'm I'm glad that like uh, yeah, that's kind of like what I wanted to like an opinion that I wanted to get from you, but I didn't have the right question to ask to get it. So <laughs> I'm glad that somehow we worked our way to it. Right on. Well, Mason, thank you so much for coming on. Go ahead and plug the store one last time before we close out the episode, and then I think we're ready to wrap it up. All right, yeah. My name is Mason Johnson. I work at Legend of Wolf Games um, here in Omaha at Oakview Mall. It, our website is legendofwolfgames.com. Uh, we sell singles for all of our card games, except for Pokemon, which will be added here very soon. Um, and we're going to be doing a bunch of cool sales for Christmas and stuff like that coming up here soon because we have our two-year anniversary as well. So um, come the end of November, beginning of December and things like that, we're going to have a bunch of cool stuff going on. So, yeah, yeah. And if you come to Nebraska, or if you come to Nebraska, if you come to Omaha, um, you just take the 144th Street exit and follow that to L Street I think, right? That's right around where the Oakview Mall is. Yep, yep, that's exactly so. right. Mason, thank you so much for coming on. I'll hopefully we talk to you in the future. I, I sometimes go down to Omaha, so we might might see you around there. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, thanks again for having me, guys. Yep, bye. Yeah. Alright. Sir, I have defeated you. It was a great game. I'll shake your hand. It was a great Fantastic game. Great game. You guys can play this game with your friends as well. That was so awesome having Mason on as a guest. Now we're going to go ahead and move on to kind of what me and Simeon's weekend was like at NebraskaCon. I was there the full weekend. Simeon came in about Saturday night-ish, around 5 or so o'clock. So we can just go ahead and yeah, go over because this is kind of what made really it happen. really dragging my feet. You were. You were just terrible. And costume was falling apart as soon as I saw you. So <laughs> that, that brings Twice. us right into... Uh, so the weekend, I started off Friday as Captain America, then I kind of switched into Casey Jones for like a half second just to finish the night off, and then Saturday, I was old man Joseph Joestar, and then by the time night rolled around, I got really, really sick and tired of wearing a beard and having my hair spray-painted gray, so I switched into young man Joseph Joestar, and then that's when I ran into Simeon, and he was... I was Tomura Shigaraki. Sushi chopstick. I shouldn't keep doing that, but whatever. He was <laughs> one of those guys. Uh, what is that from, though? Let's be, I, I didn't explain where Shigaraki from, is but. one of the main villains in the My Hero Academia series, uh, the anime, if you will. Um, so he's uh, most notable. He's like the one that's got like all the hands, all like one on his face, one on his head, like five on his shirt, you know. Two giving nice. him a hug. He's just got. He's Mr. Handsy. Choking him there out. There definitely weren't jokes about that. No, no one said whatsoever. anything hand related to you at all that entire No, day. I did not. Uh, not get that, but yeah. Um, it's a it's a cosplay that I've been thinking about doing for a long time. Uh, not only is it like fairly simple in design, it's also just like a really creepy villain kind of character, and I really. As much as I enjoy playing like a hero, and one of the things I love the most about a convention is when you're playing like a hero and a little kid sees you and they're like, "It's the real guy," and you know, like they get a picture with you and like they, like kids just really make conventions for me. Oh, yeah. um, but as much as I like that, I love playing a villain just as much. Um, I did see a a Deku. Deku. Like, 
Why did why yeah, you say like, it like we, you having a stroke? I don't. Deku uh, tree, uh, Deku. Deku. I, Deku. I've been playing right, too Deku. much. Uh, Izuku Midoriya, whatever. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been playing too much uh, Legend of Zelda. The oh, Deku geez. nuts and the Deku trees. Um, we made eye contact and then he sprinted away, so that was nice. That was weird. I was there for that. That was super awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, I absolutely Conventions love... Conventions are never awkward. Lo- no, never. They're like the least awkward pl- goodness, place on Earth, of course. Well, everybody is so cool, confident, and collected at conventions. The three Cs. Uh, goodness. No, but it's pretty awesome uh, being like a j- superhero. Like Captain America, that happens all the time with like kids. But it's super lame and awesome to cosplay Captain America nowadays because... Like, never used to happen ever before, but now we get the the obvious America's butt things going on, you know. And I wish that would cut it out. Like, in one movie, they both made Captain America one of my all-time favorite characters ever. More awesome to cosplay, and yet worse to cosplay all at the same time. So now I the broken shield, the hammer, like, dream come true. But then instead of everybody just being like, man, that's so cool, or that's a really sweet moment, they just say, that's America's butt, but you know. And it really, really just devalues the whole thing. To me, that's how it feels, because that's all anyone says, and it's really boring. And you hear it about 80 times a day. Like, when it first started, like, happening, I was just like, yep, sure is. Did a little, like, salute. But now I just say, like, oh, that's original. How long did it take you to think of that one? I get really, like, cocky as Captain America, (laughs) and I just get really mouthy, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. Never heard that one before. Awesome. Wow, amazing. So yeah. So you screwed up. So you screwed up. You're in detention. <laughs> uh, no, it's patience. all about the memes. Cetera, there's, there's a lot of cosplay that is just meme. It's oh, just like memes. cosplay the meme. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, that, that'd be something that'd be okay if it was like a like Walmart or Target Captain America. But yeah. Yeah, I can see how, like, it's like, hey, I, I put, like, hours worth of work into this. And, and I'm not Could saying Could you not sum like... it up in just, like, the joke of the show, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I did do a lot of work, but I'm not saying, like, my pristine Captain America suit. But it's like, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> but, yeah, anyways, uh, it was pretty sweet. It's pretty fun. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about it a little bit earlier on Saturday. They had a swap meet. I love I love swap meets. They're pretty awesome. I forgot to bring stuff for this. The whole point of a swap meet is that a bunch of people who aren't vendors or whatever, they all just set up in the room, and it's first come, first serve. So if you're right there, you just bring all your junk in, lay it on the floor, lay it on some tables, you know, chairs or whatever, and then you just, like, display your wares, and people walk around, and be, or other people that are also set up for the swap meet walk around and try to swap stuff with you. It's a big trading uh, kind of festival, and it's awesome. Showed up. I had no nothing to trade. And I saw two Loot Crate things that I missed out on because I don't have Loot Crate anymore. One was a Ash vs. Evil Dead little diorama thing. And then one was a Captain America Avengers, uh, Avengers number four, first appearance of Captain America in the Avengers uh, comic book. It was also a little diorama, a little 3D kind of portrait thing. And I'm like, I want those. I need to get those. So here's how we're going to do it. One guy was giving away free stuff. He was just like, I just don't want it anymore. It's junk. And I'm like, you're right, it is junk. So I grabbed a Superman Pez dispenser. And I'm like, this is my paperclip. And if you know the reference, you got it. Good job. With that paperclip, this is going to take like five minutes, hopefully, or maybe less. I traded first for a Ryu keychain, which like lit lit up, right? So I'm like, boom, already uh, uh, Pez dispenser, right? That has no Pez to a keychain that actually lights up. Already we're in the green. Traded the keychain 
for both a Deadpool hat and like some other tchotchkes. Traded those tchotchkes for an X-Men metal, like little X-Men figure. Traded that X-Men figure for a Dorb of Magneto. Then I ended up trading. I stole the hat at this point because I got the other tchotchkes with it. The hat was my big ticket item. I traded the hat plus the Dorb for uh, the Evil Dead one, right? Then I'm like, dang, I'm out. This is rough. I went back to that guy's free box and I'm like, hey, is it okay if I take a few more things? So sadly, I couldn't do it all with the one Superman Pez dispenser. But then I went back, I grabbed one more Pez dispenser that was like an emoji one, and then I grabbed two little, uh, he had rubber ducks. Traded the rubber ducks for a Saitama and Genis uh, little keychains, which are like super bootleg. Traded those for a Thor Ragnarok movie coin. I actually ended up keeping that, because I think it's actually really neat. I love Thor Ragnarok. And then I traded, uh, what was it, that Pez dispenser for Marvel shoelaces from Loot Crate. Traded the shoelaces, ah, jeez, what was it? It was some... It was some, oh, I know what it is. It was a Dragon Ball Z scouter. Because the guy I was talking to, I was trying to, like, get him, I was trying to work my way in with this guy. And I'm like, hey, man, I really want that Captain America. I really want that Ash vs. Evil Dead thing. What are you interested in? I can kind of trade for that to try to get, you know, whatever. So it's like a 30, 40 minute, like, just me, like, going around and trading. But um, I loved it. I loved the rush of it. So I got a Dragon Ball Z scouter. And I'm like, all right, this has got to be it. He likes Dragon Ball. Here we go. He's like, man, I got like three scouters, and they're like all better than that one. And I, I felt pretty defeated after that. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but And I'm like, dang, I really got to go back to trading, man. Come on. Like, this is like getting late in the day. Other people have already started trading the rest of their stuff off. It's, not, it's kind of slim pickings at this point. So, like, after a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of like talking back and forth, like, hey, man, you know, whatever. Kind of, you know, the work in the, the, how do you call it, the feel for a little bit you know the art of the deal was going on pretty hard right there he took the scouter because it, it was a different color than the ones he had so it was at least new he took the scouter for the captain america so i ended up with the thor Ragnarok coin the captain america little display and the ash versus evil dead little display all from like pez dispenser two rubber ducky two pez dispensers and two rubber duckies so you can totally trade up from items that are free basically worth nothing like Generic Man of Steel Pez Dispenser, or super generic, like, emoji Pez Dispenser. It's all about, like, finding the right person to trade to. And I'm not going to lie, I really, really enjoyed that, and I wish there was more of that in Heroclix. Instead, it's like, hey, I'm trading this. Yeah, let me check eBay really quick. Yeah, they're all about going for that much. Yeah, sure, man, we can trade that. Or, like, when a set's new and it just kind of comes out, and you just talking with your local guys like super rare super rare you know a couple of rares super rare lower super rare that's about it but i really i love trading like this it was pretty awesome it's giving me a pretty good buzz i really enjoyed that so uh yeah. just like a quick side tangent uh when i first got into hero clicks um i had never played like a collectible game before i had never spent money collecting any like one thing before and so I had zero idea that, like, different things could have different values, even though they are the same rarity. Like, the idea was completely lost on me for the first, like, couple months that I was doing it. And so I can't remember what I pulled in War of Light, but someone was like, oh, like, I really want that. Will you trade it? And I was like, yeah, like, I don't care about this at all. So, like, what do you have? And I ended up getting, like, Kid Pool, Head Pool, and Dog Pool. And I was like, oh, wow. I got three figures for one. I'm doing great. Like, look at this fool. you know what it was that you traded? No. I want to say it was, like, 
it might have been like Carousel or oh, man. It wasn't like Superboy Prime I was or anything for you to be like, like that. Yeah, <laughs> some weird like snake thing called a Dara or whatever. I don't know. Just, Maybe like lame. Ophidian. I don't. I don't yeah. know. Something that wasn't good. It was had like phasing top dial and who wants that? Who wants that? That's garbage. Um, garbage. No, car. but then the first chase that I ever pulled was the Ultron Prime from the movie Gravity Feed that was a Target exclusive at the time. And I bought three packs. I got Ultron, I got like a Mark I drone, and something else. We had kind of a similar first chase pull story, except mine was the Shopco, but it was basically a Target version of the Gravity Feed, and it was Iron Man 3, and I got the Iron Man of War Machine as my first chase. But that's cool. Oh, nice. So I was like, oh, it's a chase. And so I went back to my game shop, like, later in the week, and the guy was like, oh, like, that's one that I want. Is there anything that you want? And he had the uh, the Chase Hulk from Avengers Assemble, and I was like, oh, like, I'm interested in that. And he's like, oh, well, like, what else do you have? And I was like, well, they're both Chases, so it's mm-hmm. just, like, one for one, right? But no, that Ultron was worth, like, 25 and that Hulk was going for like seventy five, <laughs> so it was not was that one Hulk for one. Was that expensive at the time? I I want to say it was like sixty, seventy, something like that. But Jeez. yeah, that's like that's four wild. years ago. So I I don't exactly recall. Who even knows but yeah, what happens four years ago. Goodness, I don't. so like I'm I would be terrible at some one of those swap meets. I'd have to be the guy with free because. If I went in with like <laughs> any expectation of getting my value, <laughs> it'd be like, oh, I've got like all these like limited edition uh, blah blah blahs, and people would be like, oh man, okay. I really want that. Do you want a piece of gum? And I'd be like, uh, yeah, I guess oh, that is. I do. That reminds me of one thing. I did trade uh one of my uh not bought, but I traded for a little metal Wolverine, and he was left over. I traded him for a Krispy Kreme donut because I was getting really hungry by the end of it, and someone had those. And I'm like, would you take this Wolverine for for a donut? Can I choose it? You got chocolate? <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, that is that, desperation. That that was a little desperation. It kind of. I'm gonna be honest. It kind of was. Uh, so any other uh cosplay stories about when, while you were there? Or things we can probably both go into. Oh, um, do we want to do like what our favorite cosplays that we yeah, saw? Yeah, were? yeah. Let's go like our favorite ones of the show. Top three, if you can think of top. Um, three. so, so I really like seeing things that uh, I don't expect to see. Um, so I saw Kronk from Emperor's New Groove, and Isma was there. Um, so that was like. That like they did a great job, and that was like one of my favorite ones that I saw. Uh, there was someone that was dressed up as a banana that was dressed up as Saitama from One Punch Man, and that was also like equally really uh, not necessary, but just just funny to see. Yeah. And then uh, I think my my favorite one was uh, Koro Sensei from Assassination Classroom. He's like a big yellow tentacle monster thing. Yeah, I just said about and those. <laughs> Koro Sensei. I know, that I know who he was. I know what you're talking Koro about. Koro Teacher, I believe. Why well, need? Jesus, goodness gracious! I, <laughs> I think that's a direct translation. Um, so yeah, he's he's got these tentacles, and then on his like two like basically hands, 
what would be like oh, his yeah. hands if yeah. he was an actual teacher. Uh, he's got like two fingers, and so the guy had he had made his entire like suit, and he had those little like gripper grappers, the like uh, extension grabber things that people use if they can't bend over and they need to pick stuff up or they can't reach high places and they need yep. to grab stuff. Yeah. He had two of those inside of his suit. And so he could like pinch you with them. That was pretty, it was cool. just really, remember that one. yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, my kind of top three has to go. This guy was only there on Friday. So you didn't get to see him. I'll send you a picture later, but he was a Ugandan knuckles. If you remember that dead meme, uh, from a few oh, years wow. ago, Yeah. but, uh, it was just high quality enough you for you to be impressed and yet low quality enough for it to just work. It's like he's wearing like a red sock over his head, but he also has this big like <laughs> red inflatable like sumo suit. So he's got the weird legs oh. and the small arms. <laughs> and it, oh, it works no. oddly so well. Uh, it was awesome. There was also a wrestling panel, which I'll get into a little bit later. But there's a Mankind, a Finn Balor, a Sergeant Slaughter, all were there. There's a Chris Jericho. I didn't get to see a lot of him, but that Mankind was really, really cool. And I got to know that mankind a little too well. I didn't care for that. Because um, he kept the stock in the, in the same place that mankind normally does, and I was just like, oh, well, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Uh, what was another really good one? <laughs> what was another really good one? Uh, I feel like I have to shout out uh, Lady Dio, because she made the sign that he like picks up halfway through the fight, which is really cool. Yeah. But also, she was terrifying. Uh, so There was multiple Lady Dio's. Uh, my there personal was. favorite was the one who had the world, the world. following that, like that behind her. Man, yeah, <laughs> the short there's straw. a guy just like standing very still, just like so being a stand. Good. Just yep, stand. Jeez, you're fired. Uh, there was also a really good uh, lady Joseph Joestar uh, there. Not the one you're thinking of, uh, but the one that was a part three version, and she was like a photographer, so she actually had a camera. We, I had a Polaroid camera I bought for like two bucks, and I was like pretending to smash it all day, and then she had like an actual nice camera. Cause she's a real <laughs> photographer, and then like we both we took a picture of us both like karate chopping our cameras, which was I thought was really neat. It's not offensive, that's how they say it. That's, like, syllable for syllable how it's said. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I watched. Yeah, exactly. Like, on the TV. Awesome. Yeah, on the TV, on the television. So I'm going to go into this really quick. For anybody that's a wrestling fan, may or may not know, I, I really like doing Sting. Sting's probably one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Uh, I only got into wrestling. Oh, you wrestling. mean The Undertaker? Yeah, The Undertaker. Oh, jeez, that was so bad. So <laughs> Sting, in one night, got mistaken for Kiss... <laughs> The Undertaker, The Crow, which is fair, it's fine, and someone else. Crow's fine, yeah. Yeah, Crow, well, yeah, because that's, like, the reference material used for it. But, like, someone thought I was Kiss. The Undertaker one got me. I'm like, I'm not wearing even, I'm not even wearing the trench coat. I was just wearing, like, a tank top. And I'm like, no well, trench coat, no hat. I can't hat. think of a single time The Undertaker's painted his face. See, yeah, neither can I. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he kind of sometimes has, like, a little bit of black around his eyes, Sure, but like that's just yeah, like yeah. eye shadow. Like that's not like the raccoon eyes that like Sting normally has, you know. So I w- I mean it was pretty late, so he might have been a little uh, a little out of it by the time he thought that, and he was just like, "Whoa, a wrestler wearing black, it's the Undertaker." <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, I was really tempted to um 
it's not a tombstone, because obviously that'd be incredibly dangerous. But the one where he uh, crosses their arms for his pin, and then he sticks out his tongue, you know? Oh, yeah. That That's a really weird move to just do to someone at a convention, so I was like, wasn't feeling that. Well, you'd have to, like, gently lay them down. and We have to lay then, them down, yeah. and you gotta, like, squat over top of them. Yeah. And, like, do the I, don't, I think arms. you have to do the tombstone, otherwise it's weird. Otherwise it's weird. If you yeah, don't, if you don't tombstone If you don't first, bust their head on concrete, yeah. then it's weird, yeah. Uh, so kind of getting into that, there was a cut a promo panel and i don't i don't know if i'll post any of these pictures uh they're pretty great though and i was honestly to be fair i was very impressed uh in myself uh and it was this really was at like be, 11 at night right this was at 11 o'clock at night but the this probably started yeah it started at 11 but it devolved to this kind of part of it at about like 11:50, like really getting close to that you know midnight hour so basically we were just taking turns on the mic and most people are just doing heels because that's the easiest way to be. It's hard to make someone like you, you know, like trying to be like, I'm the good guy. Do, 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 do. You know, like it's, it's a little difficult to do that. And so you just make fun of people like that's obviously easier to do on the mic. And Sting, he went up there a few times, tried his best. I'm not going to lie. I'm like improv's not what I'm the best at. I, I did what I could with what I had to work with and who I could work off of. Since Sting, Sting is from Omaha, Nebraska, like I'm 90 percent sure that's right. Right. Like. I'm pretty sure he's born in Omaha. I might be wrong. Someone's gonna call me a fake fan if I get that I, wrong. But I was like, yeah, he was like I Omaha or Iowa. He was like born in Nebraska or Iowa. It was like some like Midwestern state. But anyways, it it quickly devolved when a drunk mankind uh, came in and really got <laughs> on the mic. And and he was so I jumped down off the stage. I kind of did like a sort of pseudo stinger splash to him on the stage. And then it got, we kind of got in each other's face, and then uh, we'd throw in, like, the, I don't want to call them fake punches, people get mad at me, but the punches where it's, like, you move your arm, you stomp your foot, but there's clearly no contact being made, but it's really close. And I was a little terrified, because, like I said, Mankind was a little, was a little lit at that moment, as the kids might say. So, uh, he was a bigger <laughs> dude, uh, so getting a connect from Mankind probably wouldn't have felt that good. Uh, but there he was, was also doing the old Andre treatment. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, he's about to give him the big boot. So we did that, and then it, it eventually became a wrestling match with people who are clearly not wrestlers, myself included. But I was so impressed with how well I did some of these moves. So Scorpion Deathlock, boom, tapped one person out like that. It was like a Fallout guy. That was awesome, by the way. That I I, I kind of half got it right. I forgot to put my leg in between the other two legs. I know that's normally how he sets it up, but like, come on, give me some, give me some credit here. It's like almost midnight, and then uh, I jumped down from the stage. Me and mankind were going at it through the fake punches. I actually locked up. I did the whole waving my hand thing, and then like, boom, interlock the fingers, wave the other hand, interlock the fingers, do a little back and forth, and then boom, gave him the boot. Right? Obviously, didn't connect because I'm not gonna actually <laughs> assault someone at a convention. And then Mankind fell, and I can't remember who else was in the quote-unquote wrestling-slash-brawl-slash-terrible-mess that was this panel that we turned it into. And Mankind fell, and I'm like, this is perfect. Because if you know anything about wrestling, the best way to break someone's fall is with another person or, like, something else so they don't totally hit. And obviously, we're on, like, a carpet floor. It's just, just, like, a hard floor. So I picked up this guy who was a lot smaller than Mankind, and he's, like, a little bit smaller than me. I picked him up on my shoulders, and then I just, boom, dropped him on top of Mankind. And I kind of threw my feet out, which really hurt my tailbone when I did that. I'm like, ah, who does this for a living? 
Uh, and I'm only like, and I'm young, and I'm like, dang, this hurts. This is like not good. So I picked him up once. Then I picked him up again at another time. And then Mankind jumped on me and Mr. Sockoed me. And that is a picture I'm not proud of, but it is one that I have in my photo gallery uh, of me getting socked. And like I said, Mankind was keeping that sock uh, in his belt. Uh, and that was, ooh, sock, sock was a little warm there, folks. I, I wouldn't, and I got socked twice. So oh, he preheated it for you. Yeah, he preheated it for me. It, dude, it was great. But then after we got done with like the brawl, and I like I I threw like two people, and I was really impressed with that. I just want to say, pretty impressive feat, guys. Just you know throwing that out there. Uh, threw like two people, and then like after that brawl was done, you know talked to like mankind. Man's like, dude, you were so safe. That was awesome. And realistically, I'm thinking like no one should have got hurt because clearly we're all just pulling things and we're just play wrestling whatever but obviously people are also stupid myself included so people could have got hurt but no it was actually totally fine which is awesome and i talked to the guy who ran the panel i was like hey i didn't mean to devolve it into that mess and he's like no that was awesome what are you talking about that was great you know be a little more careful but like that was great so yeah uh (laughs) like i was really like riding super high after that moment but it was like 12 30 by the time we got done wrestling and by the way we maybe did this for like two like five maybe ten minutes and I was more winded than I ever was in my entire life. I was thirsty. My throat was killing me. I'm like, man, you know, I know I picked up a guy twice, but like people do that. Like Kurt Angle, he, when he runs out on stage, he like throws three suplexes before he even does anything else. And he's like 60, you know, I, Oh yeah. it really is. Uh, I'm not an athlete. I just throw weight around. So I was really impressed. Uh, I, it gave me a lot of respect for guys that do this, especially amateur level guys. Uh, that do this because like they're doing it without the big paychecks and they're doing it sometimes more hardcore than like the guys on TV are, you know? So this, this gave me a lot of respect uh, for wrestlers for sure. And like, dang, being able to keep your wind like that for 20, 30 minutes, sometimes heck even an hour, which is really cool. So, but that was seriously like top of my moment. So, like some of these pictures, I'm just like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm like bringing the essence of the stinger right there. That was pretty awesome. So yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. That definitely made the convention for me, right there. Since uh, the entire night, I got no pictures taken. Well, maybe like two or three, but Simeon was just slaughtering me, and I was like, "Wow, I'm getting killed. I'm getting killed here." <laughs> yeah, there's. Uh, by the way, Sting was born in Omaha, Nebraska, and then oh, okay, raised in nice. California. Okay, that's um, why I thought he was from Omaha, though. But that's why uh, he was uh, Beach Sting, Surfer right. Sting for a while. Retro. Um, yeah, there was a. Uh, a dude that just thought like, "Hey, you're a villain. Let's take some pictures of you fighting Ang, the Avatar. You know, from that series. Oh, like that series, like twelve years old. Yeah. Also, like, like that isn't like. I mean, it's similar. I guess it's somewhat similar to My Hero Academia, but it's like, I I don't know. But then the worst, the most egregious one was he had me do a photo shoot with Goku. Like, the same guy came back, like, five minutes later. He was just he was just hounding me. And he had to, me do, like, a photo shoot with Goku. And I was like, Goku wins every time. Like, I've watched the videos. I've ran the numbers. We all know how fast he moves. It's pretty fast. It's like, pretty fast. Goku, no, that's the Super Goku left Earth and got to, like, planet... Zygabart in like I knew you were gonna say 15 something like minutes. Yeah. 
And so, <laughs> clearly, he was moving at, like, ten times the speed of light, and if he can do that, then, you know, he can win every fight all the but time. But if you could, like, sneak up on Goku while he's at, like, a shopping <laughs> mall or something, then you could really... Oh, like, wear, like, a hoodie, so I'm incognito. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And he'll Goku be like, could never see through that. It's, it's too dense. Omar, you wanna go get some noodles? And I'll be like, oh, Goku... Oh, I found him here. Jeez. Oh. All right. Uh, go, <laughs> go ahead and do... Uh, I'm pretty much done. So go ahead and say whatever else you want to bring up from the, the old memorable weekend there. Um, I just liked how uh, towards the end it devolved into, like, probably the most debaucherous uh, convention I've seen in a while. Like, <laughs> It's held in, like, a hotel so people can sleep, like, steps away from where they are, like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, cosplaying. And normally, at conventions, you have to drive or yep. walk, like, several blocks to get to, like, that kind of area. So, like, the real debauchery at most conventions, like, be it, uh, like, San Diego Comic-Con or, like, Planet Comic-Con or, uh, like, any of, like, you know, any Comic-Con you normally have to like walk to your hotel but being inside a hotel yeah it started getting pretty uh pretty saucy late in the night so i called it good before it got too bad that was probably the the best idea that anyone could ever have <laughs> at a convention nebraska gets pretty wild and I mean, ain't about that life yeah this was my first year there um i had a lot of fun uh, next time I'd really like to have like two full days where I can go. I usually like when I've gone to conventions, like previously, um, I like to have two days where I can cosplay like two different outfits. And then the third day I usually go in plain clothes and like actually enjoy the convention because when you're, when you're dressed up as something that like people like, it is hard to really, like, function at all. Um, sometimes you'll take, like, five steps, and someone will be like, oh, can I get a picture? And you'll be, like, holding a pretzel, and you're like, I haven't ate all day. I just really want this pretzel. And you're like, oh, sure, because you want to be nice. And so you hide the pretzel behind your back, and then you're, like, about to take a bite, and you dip it in the cheese, and you bring it up to your face, and someone's like, Gambit, can I get a picture with you? And you're like, No. I'm eating a pretzel now. And, like, you know, you have to shout a poor child away. Can but no. Uh, a little too raging there. Jeez, man. <laughs> next time, next year, I, I'm hoping I'll have a couple of uh, cosplay ideas by then. And um, that really is, like, my favorite part of those conventions. Heroclix conventions, uh, my favorite part is playing the game. And I don't want to be dressed up all day, but. I tried to make that work involved. at Gen Con, and uh, you really shouldn't be uncomfortable while you're trying to play Hero Clicks. It was pretty fun no. for the most part, but like, yeah, I was like, man, I gotta shed Captain America. I'm sweating. Like, that's a really yeah. hot costume. So I'm like, yeah, I at gotta PAX, shed it. Yeah, <laughs> Worlds packs uh, last year at 2018 packs unplugged. Devin came in, uh, I think for Team Worlds, he dressed up as Doom, and. 
I don't even know if he got to like round two before he had to like start taking stuff off, and he was just like got way too hot in there. I feel that. I can feel that. Oh yeah, speaking of Devin, Devin was there. Obviously, he is from uh, Happy Little Hero Clicks. Devin is from Omaha, Nebraska, so we got to meet up with him and talk with him for a little bit. He's always, always a joy to see, and uh, we're gonna be working out sort of a crossover, maybe not really, video here in the future. So stay tuned for that, guys. I would yeah, say, uh, without further ado, since I kind of want to keep this episode a little short, if there's no final thoughts or end, uh, you know, kind of, yeah, just final thoughts, then I think we can go ahead and wrap it up. I'm just going to say, uh, support your local indie wrestling. It's Absolutely. probably the most fun that you'll have on like a weeknight or a weekend night. Um, even if you don't like wrestling, just give it like, they'll probably charge you like $15 at the door or something like that. It's not expensive. And it's literally, if you don't go in with like high expectations, it's probably the most fun that you'll have on a weekend. It's- it is seriously awesome, and they do storylines, which is, like, really huge. So if you go to their social media, a lot of the times they will have, like, promo videos that the guys cut for the thing. You can really oh, – you know, yeah. all the wrestlers have full gimmicks that they do. Like, it's pretty awesome. I really enjoy the indie scene around yeah. South Dakota and Nebraska because they cross over a lot since they're, like, two, three hours away, which is – I consider very close – uh, so I think that's really awesome. So absolutely go out there and support your local indie scene or else you're going to get really bad wrestling like what I did, which was just terrible. Somehow <laughs> safe, but still terrible. Yeah, I follow uh, on uh, on Twitter and uh, Instagram. The name is Effie Lives, E-F-F-Y Lives. And uh, he does some like death matches and stuff. So like not you won't see that at most like local places. Uh, most indie scenes won't have like death matches every night, but uh, these guys are really put like themselves on the line and like really like try and give you a good show so that you like walk away satisfied. And yeah, if you ever get the chance, it's fun stuff. Fantastic. Well, this was our first episode of Dial C for conventions. I know it's sort of not really HeroClix related. But I really hope you guys enjoyed it. This is a passion that both me and Simeon have, going to conventions, cosplay, and all this stuff. And since we seem to talk about it a lot on the normal podcast, I thought we'd do something fun like this. The guys before us had did, have done, English, excuse me, a dial M for movies before, which was like they just talked about Resident Evil for a cast. So I, I felt like we could get away with this if you thought this was cool. If no one gives me any feedback, I'm just going to keep doing it. Just so you guys know. So if you thought this was good, give us some positive feedback. If you're like, you know what, this is great and all, and it's cool that you guys like this, but I don't listen to the podcast for that, that's also super cool too. But just let us know. And I I really hope to do more of these in the future because conventions are another huge passion of ours. So without further ado, this was Dial C for conventions, Dial H, a subsidiary of Dial H for Hero Clicks. Happy trails. <laughs> Mutt, 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 mutt